the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The estate planning team is an Ohio registered investment advisor. The following is for informational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any securities or financial products. Be sure to consult with a qualified financial advice and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. You have financial goals and dreams. We can help you achieve them. Welcome to Financial Food for Thought, the show that answers all the questions on how to maximize your lifestyle and preserve your wealth. Here we go. Okay. Did you watch the fight night in Las Vegas? No, I did not. It just takes us a long time. Unfortunately, or fortunately, can I comment on that? Fortunately, I make a lot of what a show. The greatest debate ever. Around the world, and we are preparing it. The, the, the number of pages will probably be thousands of pages. I can't go to TurboTax, but I put up my tax return. Is that a slam against TurboTax? For twelve years mm-hmm. in City Hall. This one, it says, tells everybody everything they need to know about every investments that I make and where the money goes. And the biggest item is all the money I give away. And we list that every single donation I make. And you can get that from our from our foundation anytime you want. Okay. Yeah, you know, the gloves came off early at the sound of the bell, Carrie. That's what I heard. I mean, a th- throw a manila had nothing on this debate. I think Michael Bloomberg, mini Mike, as President Trump calls him, right? Um, now knows what I mean when Mike Tyson famously said the one time, everybody has a plan until you're hitting the mouth. <laughs> That's a good quote. That's the best line of all. Remember, I only entered into this race ten weeks ago. 
all of the, my associates here have been at this for a couple of years, and we do That's not. Right. We have with voters. Oh well, I think you know. I think Mini Mike is, uh, you know, kind of singing the old joke. What what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, because you know you get one swing and a miss, Carrie. You know, in democratic debate, mm-hmm. so you can have one bad performance. I don't know if you can get three strikes and you're out. I don't think you get three strikes. No, I don't think so either. Um, I mean, the next debate's coming up fast, right? Tuesday night in South Carolina. Oh, my Carolina. gosh. I think there's have too, they've had too many debates already. Um, you know, and oh, they've only had nine, Carrie, but they're just getting good now. <laughs> Um, but the I know you came in surely entertained the the oh yeah I mean and this one got pretty good reviews um, I don't think it quite beat you know like the mass singer or whatever that was running a post to on another channel but it got pretty good you know audience mm-hmm. um, and I think the next one is going to be even wilder um, so we'll see but you know it's interesting you know that quote about or not the quote but the debate about releasing the tax returns. Um, See, remember, I don't know if you're American, but I was talking about the one time. See, Trump never released his, right? Remember, right. who won that burrito bet, Carrie? Remember we bet the one time a year ago yeah. that who was gonna, what was going to happen first, Bre- Brexit or, or, Brexit yeah, or Trump releasing his tax one. returns? Well, obviously, Brexit, Brexit happened, happened and Trump hasn't released his tax returns yet. Does anyone ask him about it anymore? I don't I know. I don't but, hear much about it. So now the Democrats are asking Bloomberg, right? You know, because the, 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 the well, the... The story goes is that when he was mayor of New York City, that he would have this ritual where he would once a year, he would invite the press in to his office to re- to go over his releasing of his tax return. But the, the, the joke was it was never a complete tax return. It was a redacted version. They just showed the press the pages that they wanted to show the press, i.e. how much money he's giving away right. to charity. Um, you know, but they wouldn't show him the whole tax returns. Well, that's what takes very, very long time to release. I mean, obviously, it doesn't take long to release a tax return that's already been filed. Right. How long does it take? So it, it's, you know, why can't they just come out and say, or, you know, Trump basically has, but not really. But now Bloomberg, I'm not going to release my tax returns. Just say no, because you have no intention of doing it. Be honest. And you don't have to do it by law. So you know you don't have to do it. Mm-hmm. You have no intentions of doing it. So why can't you just say no and move on? As opposed to, oh, well, it, it's coming in weeks. <sighs> All right. Don't get me started, Carrie. Um, but why don't you get going? And we'll be good. All right. Good morning, everyone. You're listening to Financial Food for Thought. We are here every Saturday morning on 1420 AM between 9 and 10. We are a financial educational radio talk program here to give you helpful information and financial news may be relevant to you, whether you're working and thinking about what I should be doing while working and when I can afford to retire and have the type of lifestyle I'd like to have. Or if you're already retired, what can I spend without running out of money? How do I address those financial challenges or problems such as rising health care costs, minimum required distribution, and how that may throw me over thresholds um, that cause me to pay more taxes or my Medicare B premiums? And what about a potential nursing home stay, loss of a spouse? So it's addressing all of these issues. We are sponsored by the estate planning team. And the estate planning team is a fee-based Ohio registered fiduciary planning firm. And we've been in the greater Cleveland area now more than 35 years. Um, 
helping people solve problems, save money. What we do is build custom financial plans where what you think of as traditional financial planner numbers crunchers. We are not investment advisors, although we do look at our clients and people's assets in terms of how much risk are you taking on, how much risk do you need to be taking on, um, tax efficiency, uh, and what growth rate you need to make your plan last. And most of our clients either already have that investment person in place or they do the investment investments on their own, or we can refer people if you're just looking for a new investment advisor. We've been around a very long time and work with many different investment people around the Cleveland area. We do offer a free, no obligation consultation. And if you want to do some due diligence, we've won the Super Service Award multiple years on Angie's list. Um, We are A-rated and accredited members of the Better Business Bureau. Um, The free consultation is about your individual questions and concerns, and we actually can either prepare preliminary analysis or you can schedule a consultation by phone or in person to see if our process is appropriate for you, if we can provide you value and benefit like our plans are customized, our fees are. We have hourly and comprehensive retainer options. For comprehensive retainer options, we help people with um, information gathering, analysis, recommendation, and then step-by-step through the implementation process to make sure things are done correctly. Or sometimes people just want specific analysis, which we can do through hourly. Um, so if you want to take advantage of a consultation or sign up for our next planning class, which is on Ma- March, oh, I was going to say May already, I think with the sun shining. Um, March 11th at six o'clock in Middleburg Heights is our retirement class for retirees and people nearing retirement. And I'll tell you more about it or go to online to financialfoodforthought.com. That's financialfoodforthought.com or give us a call at 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090. All right. Thanks. You're listening to Mark Donnelly and Carrie Waddell and we're the co-owners of the estate planning team. And Carrie, I, I don't know, um, lots of things to, to go over. Last week's show, and you can always catch our podcast, as Carrie mentioned, but last week's show I started um, that I was going to stay on Social Security for a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're going to continue on that and, and kind of talk. And, you know, so while we're speaking of Michael Bloomberg, the, the latest uh, to the debate stage on Democratic, we'll talk a little bit about what his plans to social, for Social Security is. So we'll talk a little bit about that today. Um, before that, what other financial news happened? Um, we had some, um, you know, still kind of wrapping up earnings season, right? Um, so Walmart disappointed, Carrie, right? That was kind of a shocker. Um, EPS uh, came in at $1.38, missed uh, street of $1.43. Um, revenues missed. Um, they kind of said their online sales growth was down from the previous hmm. year, that their holiday quarter, you know, was the slowest growth in a couple of years. So we're, you know, not all the earnings season was so positive. Um, you know, that same, during the week two, Apple had kind of announced that they were going to, you know, have slower revenues or they might not meet their sales. Um, but but there was also some big deals this week. I mean, the one that shocker to me, you know, Morgan Stanley to buy E-Trade. I mean, you know, we've had these mega financial planning deals, Gary, right? Oh, you know, yeah. And, and this is just another one, you know, $13 billion deal. 
Um, and you say, well, why is Morgan Stanley, you know, buying E-Trade? It's like E-Trade is for like the more retail. Morgan Stanley was always for the, the wealthy, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and so, but they're trying to, you know, synergize there. They're trying to, you know, they're trying to go after the, you know, they want, uh, they want to be the, the bank for all, you know, America, you know, not just the, the wealthy. And, and so apparently what the, what their, what the carrot was, was that supposedly carry that E-Trade, has done a lot of business with, um, like, the corporations who are doing, um, you know, controlling, like, the stock, the, the, the high executive stock holding programs mm-hmm. and stock options and all that. So they have all, these, they have all these inroads to all these executives who eventually will be retiring, and then they'll be retiring with all this company stock. And the first rule is, you know, they got to diversify. You can't, you can't have that much overexposure in your own company stock. You know, just ask the National City Bank, uh, you know, stockholders, right, Gary? Or oh yeah, or, we had a few Enron or some of those other ones. So the idea is that they're saying so they'll have all the eventually all these baby boomer executives are going to be retiring with all this company stock. And so now the Morgan Stanley uh, investment advisor reps will be right there, ready to help them. Mm-hmm. Okay, so some people think that's why um, they paid, you know, a thirty-one percent premium on on the, the value of the stock um, of E Trade. Um, so you know, there was another big deal too. To hear that Seven um, Eleven, you know, is is uh, made by all the Speedways. Hmm. Okay, so apparently Speedway's looking for a white knight, and Seven Eleven may do that, and that's like a twenty-two billion dollar deal. So, Jeez. so, so there is some, so there are some movements going on, and you know, and you know, we still have the, um, you know, the 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 threat, right, of the coronavirus, right? Oh yeah, I saw um, some cruise lines aren't even going, are canceling their Asian trips, right. So we always talk about, you know, when is the next economic downturn going to happen? Because, you know, this is the longest bull run in market history. Right. It's the longest U.S. expansion in market Maybe, in but it's different this time, right? It, it, well, some people are in that camp of thinking that, you know, Chairman, uh, you, you know, Fed Chairman Jerome Powell and, and his, you know, cohorts are so smart that they'll be able to control monetary policy so well that we'll never have another U.S. recession. Which but, would be great. It, great, yeah. I but mean, do you want to... Bet on it. Well, the, and then there's a lot of people, you know, you know, we're all, we all see those, you know, meters, you know, you go on the internet, Karen, right. there's all these uh, recession risk dashboards, right? right. You know, that, that show you that no recession's in sight, right? And everything looks Until good. Until it is. You know, but the thing is, Karen, I don't see too many of those dashboards that have got like a, a pandemic virus meter on it, Karen. Right. You, know, you know, I mean, so sometimes it's not, it's, that's why it's different this time, right? Because... It's di- what causes the recession this time might not be what caused the recession last time right. or, or caused the last five recessions. Right. Or or sometimes people say I'm not, you know, or that'd be like someone saying I'm not going to get health insurance because I'm not going to get sick right. because everyone might felt I've never been sick before. That doesn't mean something can happen that could be catastrophic. And, and what planning is about is knowing if those things happen. We don't know. We don't have a crystal ball. But if they do happen, do you know what maneuvers you need to make to be okay? Do you know, are you taking on more risk? A lot of times people are excited. You know how many people, you know, when we're doing those review meetings, they're, you know, a lot of people are ahead of plan because of the market returns last year. Sure. And people are excited about it, but that you still... 
doesn't mean right. that you... It's always a more enjoyable meeting when right. you're ahead of plan than oh, when you're yeah. behind plan. But but actually, it, it doesn't... Re- in, in terms of importance, um, being behind plan is really that's more important. That's why we want the plan. In other words, if the plan is showing you're ahead of plan, you have a lot of peace of mind. If you're running behind plan, the idea is the, you, you can identify quickly. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you know what maneuvers to make to get back on track. So mm-hmm. you will wind up where you want to be. That's the benefit of doing a f- detailed financial plan. Right. It's not the idea that you do the plan once and put it into the sock drawer for 30 years and everything's going to be okay, right? So, you know, so you, because you could have something like a, you know, and I, oh, well, what's the official name of the, it's not the COVID-19, right? I think that's what we have to call the coronavirus. Oh, is it what, now? Yeah. Yeah. Um, co- yeah. I think it's how you pronounce it. COVID-19. I didn't realize. I just hear um, coronavirus. And you know, then there's so many memes and jokes about beer. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but, but the other, yeah, that, exactly. The other thing is, um, why do they call it the coronavirus? I don't know. Oh, I think it's because when you look at it under a microscope. Does it look like? Like, like the flares of the sun, like the corona okay. around a, like, I think that's. Oh, I, yeah. I, never... I think that's why they call it that. Um, I'm not exactly a biologist, but I think that's why. Okay. Um, but you know, so, but the other thing too is, you know, sometimes see, see some people sometimes carry, I think they think like, well, Mark, the, I'm, I'm sheltered from the next recession. In other words, I'm not going to, my job is safe. I'm not going to lose my job, but you know, but the idea is you don't know that, right? In other words, it's the ancillary connections, right, Carrie? Right. It, it, it's, in other words, um, what's going to happen to your customers? You know, what's going to happen to your suppliers? Mm-hmm. You know, um, you, you heard, you know, that Land Rover, you know, Jaguar Land Rover, the, you know, the ships aren't coming out of China with the auto parts. That's an issue. So Jaguar Land Rover, Land Rover um, they had to ship, they had to start shipping parts in suitcases on airplanes. Hmm. That's going to be maybe a little more expensive and a little bit less. Uh, how many can you? How many parts can you fit in a suit? One suitcase. A lot less than a uh... a, a freighter. <laughs> um, you know, so it, it's what's happening to your suppliers, what's happening to your customers, uh, you know, what's happening to the states. Do you think the states may get into trouble if there's if 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 we have a you know are how prepared are the states? Our 50 states for the next U.S. recession, right? So Kippinger came out with the um, 10 states that are not prepared. The are least we one prepared. of them? No. Well, that's a good sign. That's, that's a good sign. see, that's something positive. So, so you know, and, and what they said, and how they rated it, it was like either you know which states would either have to either one raise taxes, okay, or two cut spending by more than four percent. Okay. Okay. California. No. Um, here, <laughs> our neighbor, Pennsylvania, I'll give you the list here. Okay. okay. Louisiana, Illinois, Arkansas, Kentucky, New Jersey, Florida. I, Florida is an interesting one. Uh, New Hampshire, Pennsylvania, Rhode Island, and Virginia. Okay. So the point is, were those one of you, were one of those states where you were planning on moving to in retirement? Hmm. You know, that was that was always thing about Florida care. You know, every you know, a lot of retirees flock to Florida. Right. Uh, and they have no state income tax right now. So, you know, if if there is a major with all those retirees living on Florida's, you know, uh, police and fire and right. services and all that. And there's no Florida state income tax being collected. And we have an economic downturn. What is Florida going to do? 
maybe reinstate the state tax or find some other way, okay. increase sales taxes or something else, I'm sure. So Ohio did not make the top 10 list. I'm not sure where they showed up on the 50 list. Um, but how about Cleveland? Okay, let's bring it home, Carrie, right? Um, so is Cleveland recession-proof? No. Um, well, this was an article out of the Plain Dealer um, within the last week, and apparently we're okay, Carrie. I'm okay. Um, Cleveland could weather two years of recession without cutting services, okay, thanks to an economic recovery in the city, an increase in the city's income tax already, I guess they've done, and cautious spending. This is, uh, you know, Mayor Frank Jackson's office, okay? He's saying this. Um so Jackson, in a budget presentation to city council, cited an anticipated $46 million in reserve funds it expects this year that would help the city maintain services during any decline in city revenues. Okay. Um, so, you know, uh, so, so there we go. So at least, you know, so I, apparently uh, maybe Frank Jackson is heeding the warning of Jay Powell, remember, who warned Congress, hey, when things are good, it's time to prepare for when things are going to be bad. Right. And, you know, don't sit on your, you know, laurels and get ready because, you know, I think the Fed is admitting, no, we cannot control everything. You know, um, we'll do the best we can. Right. But it's just not Mm -hmm. up to us. So it brings back, are you preparing? You know, even if you don't think that the next recession is in sight, the idea is, are you preparing for it? In other words, the, the, the longer time you think it's off into the distance, the easier it's going to for you to prepare. Mm-hmm. But if you never get started, it's, that's the problem, right? Because we never know when we'll get the real uh, answer on how bad this you know, coronavirus is. Right, because I don't think we really know. Um, so, so what you know? Again, so those steps again. You know, you, you know, are you taking on more risk? And are you rebalancing? You know, are you getting back to your risk factor. Have you got your cash reserve built up? You know, are you, are you, you know, you know, you know, Frank Jackson saying they've got two years of reserves to, to cover the Cleveland, uh, you know, you know, service expenses. Do you have two years of in cash reserve to cover your spending gap? You know, that difference between what your true expenses are and any where any one year less you the if you're still working is your wages but if you're retired your fixed retirement income which would be perhaps pension social security or any annuitized annuity so that's the idea you know get that cash reserve while before the times are bad mm-hmm. are you working so that when times do get bad you've got some flexibility to protect you and your family right and that's what we i mean one of our philosophies is hope for the best plan for the worst because if you know what you need to do in the event of something happened and you already have planned for those contingencies and know how to make quick maneuvers versus trying to raise that cash in a down market, which we've co- had people come in after the fact. Um, but putting that together and having a plan to address these issues, what we do at the estate planning team is traditional financial planning number crunching. We play the role of that independent objective advisor and we work with your existing advisors and sometimes our clients play that role of an advisor themselves for tax preparation or investments. And the estate planning team, remember, we've been around the greater Cleveland area more than 35 years. We offer a free consultation for anyone who wants to see if and how you may be able to benefit from our services. We will not recommend our services to you unless we feel we can provide you value. You can also register for our free updated 
retirement planning class on March 11th at 6 p.m. in Middleburg Heights. We do ask that you pre-register. This class is specifically for people who are thinking about their future retirement or who are already retired and want to address issues like steps and strategies either in preparation for or during your retirement years. Are you worried about what I can afford to spend without running out of money? A market uncertainty, rising healthcare costs, inflation, future taxes, understanding information on the new SECURE Act, timing of Social Security, financial challenges, retirement rules that are often misused and misunderstood, and much more. And that, again, is March 11th at 6 o'clock. There's a free workbook for everyone who comes out, and you can register online or call for a free consultation at 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com. So one of the things that we do for clients is, you know, model out a plan R, you know, R for being, if you want to call it recession or recovery or or, um, something along those lines. But Carrie, the, the idea is you can't build your plan R if you don't have your plan A built. You know, in other and words, that takes it, some time. Yes, that's exactly. To do it right. I mean, you could do a quick down and dirt, but that's not really going to give you peace of mind. And it doesn't give you actionable steps either or, you know. Decision making steps. Right. It, it, it leaves, you know, and so now it, it, the class, the our retirement class that's coming up, um, yeah, we'll talk about the 4% rule and we'll talk about the 50-30-20 the rule and we'll, and these old general rule of thumbs and we'll debate whether they are still good rules or bad rules. But do you and, talk about like you only spend 70 to 80% of your the income? The 80% rule. And does everybody know that's not... I think most people know now. But you now know what? That, there are articles all over the internet still that say that's what you should spend in retirement. But right. you know what? We find, D- that, yeah. find that people maybe want to spend more because maybe you now have freedom of time, which now you can think about spending. Well, yes, and that's the idea of building a real financial plan, not just you know the the, the DIY. Uh, I call them the you know DIYI, the do-it-yourself right. internet. You know that oh, only assume you're going to spend eighty percent. Now, Carrie, some people still think that is a correct uh, right. theory because the way they they do that is if if they're assuming, let's say they're assuming that you're putting 10 to 15% into your 401k. Okay. But maybe you're not. Right. But if you were, and they're assuming your payroll taxes, which is going to be another 6 to 10%, you know, okay. maybe. So they're saying those disappear when you retire. Right. And that's true. You're no longer contributing to a 401k right. plan when you retire, and you're no longer paying payroll taxes. Right. So it may be a, a, an accurate step, but... A lot of people aren't doing those. <laughs> they're right. not doing the. They're not saving the ten to fifteen percent. But even and, if they are, right, it varies much on what people spend. Right, but what what really might go up in retirement is healthcare? your health care costs. That maybe, especially if you're before age sixty five, if you have no clue what quote that is, it's expensive. If you're retiring before Medicare age and don't ha- can't go on your spouse or don't have another backup sponsored plan, it can be expensive. So if you don't know how to build a, a, a conservative, realistic budget for health care and retirement, come to the class because we go over an example of that. And that's a real eye opener. Um, so, yeah. So so the building a plan. Are, now, you also mentioned the SECURE Act. So mm-hmm. all our classes this year um, we will be uh, discussing the SECURE Act. In the classes that we've had so far, that has been the one number one topic. Um, you know, the idea that, well, Mark, 
what do I need to know about the SECURE Act? What do I think I know about the SECURE Act? And, you know, or do I not have to worry about the SECURE Act? Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll certainly be going over that and, and you know, kind of if you have any specific questions on that. Now, we've also on these radio shows this year, um, again, you can always listen to the podcast. You just can go to our website and, and uh, Financial Food for Thought and find the um, podcast. But the um, we've been doing Secure Act briefs, I call them, right? Um, and just because it's, it, there's too much there, <laughs> I could spend the whole hour show just talking about Secure Act. But just, you know, every week, maybe a couple different briefs. Um, this week's brief carries, you know, on 529 planning. Mm-hmm. Okay, so there was um, some changes to the College 529 plan. Now, remember, the 529 just refers to the Federal Internal Revenue Code Section 529 that set it up. So the federal government set these plans up, but they left it up to this individual states, Carrie, to uh, manage them in their own states how they see fit. Okay. Um, but, you know, it's, it's probably the leading, you know, tax-free college savings plan that's out there. It's kind of all the others have kind of paled, and this one is the one, you know, that's kind of what most people use today. Um, but the new rule says, you know, it, prior to the, the Secure Act here, you weren't, it, we always got the question too, Kate, hey, can I use, if I didn't use up all the 529, you know, money by the time the child graduated from college, right? can I use it to pay off their student loan? Okay, and under the uh, and and it, and it wasn't allowed in the past. Mm-hmm. Okay, but now that's what the Secure Act changed. So now it allows up to ten thousand dollars. You know, you can't pay off fifty thousand dollars. Right. You know, you know up to ten thousand dollars, you can take out tax free to make payments on the beneficiary student loans, um, and you can also take out ten thousand uh, dollars to repay loans for each of the beneficiary siblings. Okay, so let's say Johnny. Um, never went to college, but you had money sitting in his 529 plan and Mary, his sister did go to college, but she had loans. Johnny, sorry, you didn't go to college. You don't get the money. Mary did. We're going to use your 529 to pay off her student loans. Right. Um, another thing too, is the idea that, um, grandparents carry a lot of times our, our, our grandparent clients are funding 529s for their grandchildren. Right. And they leave it in the grandparents' name because they don't want it to um, come into the FAFSA calculations for uh, aid. Right. Right. But the idea is, if they, if if when you do those FAFSA forms, they they kind of try to draw that out and saying, you know, did you know, did the student get free income from right. anyone else? And if they, they did, that could come into play for their needs based. Um, financial aid. Mm-hmm. So what you know? So what? So what people started doing is they they would not use the funds. Like grandma and grandpa wouldn't release any funds until the grandchild was in their junior or senior year, right. because under the FAFSA right now, Carrie. See you under your. You know you you did them later than I did. Right. Them, right? You you use the previous year's numbers now. Right. right? You do. Right. Because you, you do it usually October November. Right, so they so that this expedite the whole process. They they finally went to just use last year's number to get it right. done quicker because this year's tax return's not done yet, and you're supposed to adjust and, and it's a mess, right? I, right. You know, um, but anyways, 
So a lot of people are saying, well, I'm going to wait to my grandchild's a junior because they've already, by the time the FAFSA sees that, they'll already be graduated. Right. Um, or, um, but now it's even another way you could do it and say, well, I'm just going to wait and, and not use any of it just to run into any financial aid you know, situations. Mm-hmm. And then just I'll use the 529 to pay to help pay off their student loan. So a couple of ideas there. Um, another thing, too, is um, and then Carol, I'll let you announce the class. But another or another thing, too, is. You know, a lot of people are upset about the um, elimination of the stretch IRA. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, yeah, we got calls. Um, and one of the things to say, well, who's great? And remember, I'm not going to talk about it all today. You know, you come to the class or, or listen to our previous shows. But one of the things was, you know, the, one of the people that are grandfathered are beneficiaries, non-spouse beneficiaries who inherited, you know, an IRA or a qualified plan prior to January 1st of this year, Carrie, right? Mm-hmm. So if you if you had already become the um, you know the the, the uh, income beneficiary you know or the the not you know the um, the you're now a, the beneficiary IRA, you can still follow the stretch rules. Okay, it's just for the the new beneficiaries who become that status after January first of 2020. But there is a there's an extended period carry if it's a 403b or 457 you know those government plans and the mm-hmm. thrift savings plan by the way a lot of our you know listeners a lot of our clients have the thrift savings plan so they get a 2 year extension of that grandfathering okay um so it, you know right now if you, you you know as long as you in you know if you become or inherit, you know, non-spouse, you know, if you inherit any of those 403Bs or 457s or, you know, TSP plans, um, you ha- as long as you are the beneficiary before January 1st of 2022, you are grandfathered. Okay. So that's just a little tidbit, too. So, you know, again, as we say, the paint is barely dry yet on the SECURE Act. It was passed December 20th, you know, right before the holidays. And, you know, so right now we have all the Wall Street attorneys, you know, going through and looking for the loopholes and finding the strategies. And then eventually we assume that the IRS will, you know, look to see what's happening and then issue regulations to kind of clarify any of the gray issues. Okay. So stay tuned. Right. And if you want to come out to our free educational class on March 11th at six o'clock, our classes are very interactive. Um, It's not a PowerPoint presentation. They're a little bit different every time due to the questions of the audience and where we focus, because certainly um, we can go more than the two, two and a half hours the class last due to the questions and the topics. This class is our retirement planning class. I call it real retirement planning because it's really getting down to the concepts and strategies that people face either preparing for and during during retirement. It's March 11th at six o'clock in Middleburg Heights. We do ask that you pre-register. We have a workbook and uh, that has some great information, including summary on the new Secure Act. Um, you can also schedule a free consultation about your individual questions and concerns. And also, um, anyone who signs up on the newsletter, you're going to get posted, um, which is online at Financial Food for Thought. I did send summaries on the SECURE Act. We have a newsletter, any financial news or new tax rates or anything, you're going to get information on. So you can do that or listen to our podcast on our previous shows at financialfoodforthought.com or give us a call at 440-239-2090. All right. So last week we started talking about Social Security, right? And and it's always a, a, a topic on our new clients coming in. And it's always the idea of, 
what, you know, when do I start Social Security? And of course, you could, you know, look on the Internet and you could find thousands of articles, right, about, mm-hmm. you know, the strategies and what is right and what is wrong. Um, but it's also in this year, particularly, we're also looking at, well, what are our po- politicians saying how they are going to shore up the entitlement programs, which Social Security, Medicare and Medicaid are the big three. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and Social Security is one that, you know, we started talking about last week and the idea of, you know, how we have the Democrats and the Republicans, both of which I think are in agreement that to, to preserve their own seat in Congress or the Senate. They don't want to cut benefits of retirees. Right. Right. Because that's not a very favorable political move. Um, they so the solution really is to raise the revenues. And, of course, you can raise revenues a couple of ways. One, you know, you could raise the tax rates or the caps like we talked about. Or the other one, like the, you know, Trump's plan is you have more people working. So more people are putting in to the Mm -hmm. Social Security tax system, not necessarily raise the tax rate, just have more people paying in. Right. Um, And you do that with low employment and, you know, and and try to get the GDP going, you know, try to get it better than 3%. Um, Now. Um, so, and, and a lot of people, you know, sometimes Carrie, we get the client who says, well, I don't even think it's going to be there. And that's, you know, that's a pretty widely held opinion. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so Pew Research, which, you know, again, they do a good job right on their surveys. Uh, so last year they, they released, you know, a, a report and they said, you know, found widespread worry among today's workers about the program's future. 83% expected benefit cuts by the time they retired, Gary. 42%, nearly half, 42% did not expect to receive any benefits at all in retirement. Now, I think that's a little extreme. Absolutely. Um, and, and if you're, but here's the point. We always say it's your plan, not mine. Right. If you tell me, Mark, I and that's my assumption that I'm not going to get a dime of my Social Security benefits. Hey, fine, we can tell the robot not to build it in. Mm-hmm. But do you realize how much money that really means to you? Because if you did realize that, you may be a little bit more careful about who you vote for and how you think who is can who can solve this up because it's a lot of bucks. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, and if and, you know, and, you know, and then you get, you know, I mentioned, you know, you, the, the DIYI articles. Right, Carrie. Um, mm-hmm. So then you get here, here's one that I just happened to read. Why claiming Social Security is really just a gamble. So I'm basically what the author is saying is don't worry about trying to figure out when to do it because it's just a gamble anyways. That's the typical DIYI advice you get today. That means just let the cards fall where they may. Yeah. And it do- well, really, that's just saying it really doesn't matter what choice you make. They're saying why plan because it's you don't know anyways. It's a t- toss-up. Flip a coin. Well, maybe we go a little bit further than that. You know, Because if you took that approach to everything, you know, would you even plan your vacation? Why, Carrie, why, why spend time planning your next vacation? Yeah, just get in the car and go. You're probably not going to go on it anyways. Or even if you do, just get in the car, go. Yeah. I did that once, and guess what? Didn't have a place to stay. <laughs> Didn't work out too well, huh? <laughs> yeah, it's just a road trip, yeah. Yeah, so I don't know if just, you know, oh, it's just, you know, because it's a flip of a coin if you're really going to take that trip right. to Italy, Carrie. You know, I mean, um, so why plan it? Um, now, 
So, you know, and, 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 and that's the thing that what they're saying is, well, cause you don't, you know, it's the old, you know, tired old joke from the financial planner standpoint, right? Um, you know, the, the client says, well, uh, you know, the, the financial planner tells the client, oh, I can build you the best plan, Mr. Vincent Smith, you know, just tell me the day you're going to die. And, you know, that's the old tired joke. Um, but it, it, that's kind of what this article is about saying, well, you know, you don't know when you're going to die. So why even try to, you know, make a, 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 a informative Social Security election? Um, well, but, you know, the robots today are so sophisticated, it can help you in a decision making mode. And, and it's back to that old thing. You know, in other words, here's the idea. Yeah. It, let's say I, we could know, you know, if, if you say, Mark, I want to spend the last hour on the last day and I'm going to die at age 85. OK. Um, or 90. Let, let's go even farther. Kerr. Let's say 90. So, you know, you're, you're, you're believing longevity. So you say, well, uh, okay, I'm going to die at age 90, so have the robot tell me how much I can spend so I spend the last dollar when I, on my 90th birthday. Now, here's the idea. You know, if you die, now, if you die before that at 85, let's say, your plan failed, right, because you didn't spend the last dollar in the last day because mm-hmm. um, you still left money on the table. You could have retired earlier. You could have spent more on travel. You could have given more to your college uh, ed- education for your grandchildren. Okay, so because you had planned a 90, but you died at 85, but you didn't run out of money. Now, let's go the other side of the spectrum. Let's say you planned to age 90, but you're unlucky enough to live to age 95. Now, though, you ran out of money. Well, that plan's failing, too. So you have to ask yourself, which is a greater risk? <laughs> mm-hmm. And then that's how you start, you know, your planning process, right? Um, now, so it's the same thing with Social Security. The, why the robots, the Social Security analyzers, want you to wait is because if you tell the robot you think you're going to get to 85 or 90, or do I hear 95, you know, it's going to tell you the, 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 the break even, wait until 70 and get those extra benefits mm-hmm. because that's going to mean a lot more money cumulative over those, uh, that life expectancy. Now, if you tell the robot you're going to die at 75, it's not going to tell you to wait to 70 to start. All right. Um, but which is the greater risk um, that, you know, and, and that's kind of how you go from there. But the one thing that has happened, Carrie, is that, um, you know, and all us all us professionals have the professional software. And this is not necessarily something you find on the Internet, some little Social Security calculator that you really don't know how to manipulate. Right. right? Um, no. If you if you've never seen a professional Social Security analyzer, come in for one of our free consultations. And if you want us to run that for you, we will. And even if you don't become a client of the estate planning team, you can go home with it. But our only caveat to that is you've got to give us your numbers. We're not going to try to go get the numbers for you. You know, we're, we, we want to work with your real numbers. But one of the things that, um, you know, I've been working with a client recently, Claire, and, they're, and they're a fire couple. Okay. Now, if you don't know what I mean by a fire couple, that's the acronym for Financial Independent Retire Early. And this is a movement out there that there's a lot of people that want to retire earlier than the traditional retirement age, let's say in the 60s. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, the, and, and they're in a group where they can make a lot of money quickly coming out of college. They work their tails off, you know, to, and they save everything they can so that they can walk away at maybe 45 or 50 and have enough to last forever. Now, it's not an easy thing to do. Right. Um, but, you know, some people are trying it and some people will be able to do it. But here's one of the things. So we're, we're working with one of those couples, Carrie, right? And and they want to, you know, they're getting, you know, they've been following this and they're just about ready to do it. 
Okay. Okay. When they came in to see us. Okay. Um, they want to walk away at 50. Okay. All right. Um, and when they fir- I think when they first contacted us, they were either 48, I think. And uh, they and they took you know when they first came to our classes. Now they you know, they finally became a client. But the so you know but the idea is one of the things that you know they had always they were always doing was they were always just assume they were using the Social Security benefit statement right that they got from Social Security right. Um, but I you know I had to break the bad news to them that you know. Those Social Security statements are, you know, they base those on, you know, if um, you are working to your, you know, your planned retirement date. Mm-hmm. In other words, here's the language that you see on those on the, that four page statement that you get. Right. Um, you know what we assumed, if you have enough work credits, we estimate your benefits amounts using your average earnings over your working lifetime. Actually, they use the top 35 years. Right. Gary? Um, but for 2019 and later, up to retirement age. See, see, that's the key. Oh, you know, uh, we assumed you'll continue to work and make about the same as you did until those retirement dates, whether they be 62 or full retirement age. In this case, this couple was 67 or age 70. But that's 12. I mean, if they're retiring at 50, even the earliest date they can take Social Security, that's 12 years short. Right. So if you so this couple and all their previous when they were trying to run the numbers themselves, they had never accounted for that difference. They were counting on. Well, they they were just making the assumption based on the Social Security statement, which accounted for those 12 years additional or more of additional at their peak earning years. Hmm. Okay. Look a little different. Um, and so, you know, so that's, you know, but, but we can now go in using the, the sophisticated robots and say we want to put in an assumption about when and how much wages until they end. Okay. And in this case, um, you know, we were only going to book a couple more years of wages. So just to give you an idea, so for example, and they, they were both, they were both high earners. I mean, obviously, okay. most of the people in the fire movement are high earners, but um, but I'm just using this as an illustration because there's a lot of people out there. We've gotten that question over the years. Hey, if I retire a little bit earlier than say, even the, even though I'm waiting to wait to take Social Security at age right. 70, if I retire prior to 70, how much difference does it matter? Is it material to my plan A? All right. So we were doing it for them. Um, you know, this is how it came out. In other words, so the Social Security statement that they gave us, right, said that, you know, for him, his his benefit at sixty two would be two thousand one ninety four, at full retirement age sixty seven it would be three thousand one one six, and at age seventy it would be three thousand eight sixty four. Hers are very similar two thousand one eighty eight, three thousand one oh seven, three eight five three. They were both you know up to those peak earning years, but when we ran the revised numbers, okay, and and they were planning you know for age seventy right. So they, you know, instead of him getting three thousand eight sixty four a month, he was really only getting about three thousand two eighty six. Or instead of forty six thousand dollars a year, he was only going to get about thirty nine thousand dollars a year. Now hers it was even a worse, a wider spread. Instead of what Social Security was saying that annually at seventy she'd be getting forty another forty six thousand, um, her actual was only about thirty eight thousand. Okay, so. His decrease in reality is about six thousand nine thirty-six. Hers is about eight thousand seventy-six. That's a combined fifteen grand a year. Is that now the question is, is that material? It depends on your case. Okay, now so they and now 
they um, and so they were saying, well, um, they th- now they didn't really believe in their longevity, which is one of the problems with the fire movement. <laughs> That's why Susie Orman had a big problem with it, right? Um, because the fire movement that, you know, these are 30 and 40 year olds who are thinking, oh, I'm never going to live to 90. Because that's old to them. But we have clients in their 90s that right. are already clients that never thought they were going to get to 90. Um, so, but, you know, if, um, but if this couple um, gets to, then it, and they never thought they'd get to age 90. The, 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 the least I can get them so far to believe in is age 88. Okay. Um, that's close. Right. Now, so if you look at, you know, age, so, so that difference of $15,000 a year, plus, you know, you get increases on that. Um, that, you know, over the cumulative over a lifetime is about $270,000 less. And is that material? Now, how much are we talking? Now, you're saying, well, none of it's material anyways. Well, it, quite, it is, you know. So, I mean, again, the cumulative amount, by the way, that they're going to get, Carrie, with the, you know, with the with retiring early is still one, you know, um, one million six hundred sixty-one thousand for both of their. Well, that was that was if they work till seventy. If, if right. They, if they don't work till seventy, they're going to get a million three hundred ninety-one thousand. But that's but still, still material. That's absolutely. What, that's a million three that that you want to take out of your plan because you've got this fear that you're not going to get anything. Well, I think because you read those statistics that they're going to run out of money. But we keep saying on this show that Social Security is an easier fix. They can either raise the cap. I think we talked last week. Either the cap. On what they take in payroll taxes. Um, they talked about the donut hole. They talked about raising the percentage. I mean, you think about, I've seen different studies over the years that if they raise it by a quarter of a percent or a half a percent, quarter percent on the employee side, employee, quarter percent of, you know, that buys a lot more years if you're doing it across the board. Social Security is easier to fix to fund that or raising the retirement date at some point versus Medicare. Yeah, Medicare. I think Medicare costs are going to go up. I think Medicare Part A eventually is going to have to be paid for. I don't know how that continues, you know, people not paying a premium for that. Yeah, so we'll continue to say so. Yeah, so Social Security um, and, you know, Bloomberg, you know, what's he going to do to save Social Security or what his plan is? Yeah. You know, it, it, he, he basically didn't say anything <laughs> well i'm glad it sounds like i, I didn't miss much well no, i'm not uh, talking about the debate <laughs> i'm just saying you know in general in, in general what's um, his solution well okay he says well we got to save social security really yeah wow um but he didn't really give any ideas on how we're going to save it um you know, beyond the general state sentiments, though, Bloomberg doesn't go into any detail on exactly how we would look to preserve and strengthen Social Security. OK, but um, he does want, you know, he does want to raise the benefits. So he's promising to raise benefits, even okay. though we're short. Um, yeah. Bloomberg would put together a new minimum benefit designed to help about 10 percent of the current recipients get higher payments. Okay. Um, he also is going to make the cost of living adjustments bigger for everyone. Okay, that's. But okay. how are you going to pay for that? Well, he, if it's already he, running out, you're talking about throwing more well, money in it. Well, he doesn't get around to that. That sounds like a political. Um, I mean, a politician so for sure. He, like a lot of the other Democratic candidates, want to use the CPIE, you know, for elderly as opposed to the urban, 
know, because they're saying, you know, the retirees, what they spend money on is going up faster. Right. The health care. Yeah. And stuff like that. Um, and then uh, and then finally, Bloomberg plan looks at a group of uh, catch all issues regarding Social Security. He would look for ways to protect family caregivers from the fact that their years of unpaid service produce much lower Social Security benefits than those doing similar work for pay. Um, it kind of sounds like distribution of wealth to me, Gary, right? Mm. Um, Bloomberg would also look at potential ways to ease the financial shock of the death of the spouse. You know, so that, that's one of the, you know, that sometimes we have to break that bad news to new clients, Carrie, is that, you know, do you understand that at the time of the first death, the lower Social Security benefit drops off? See, a lot of people aren't really aware of that. Now, the higher of the two benefits is what goes on to the survivor, but have you accounted for that in your financial plan? And that's, again, why one of the reasons the robot, if, you're, if you don't think that both of you are going to live a long period of time, the robot is certainly going to want the one who's got the higher Social Security benefit to wait to age 70, because at least that's the one, that higher benefit, that's going to go on in survivorship. All right. So, you know, those are some of the things that, you know, how we try to, you know, how, you know, and, and we can't do anything about, you know, who's going to win the president or, or what Congress seats are going to be held by which party and who's going to make these major changes. But what can you do to protect your family? You know, and making the right Social Security election is just a major one of them. Right. And it comes down to your plan um, and what you can control and being proactive about your financial life. You can call the estate planning team for a free no obligation consultation or come out to our March 11th planning class um, for retirees and people nearing retirement. We do ask that you pre-register, get information on our website and sign up for the newsletter. Listen to our podcast. That's financialfoodforthought.com financialfoodforthought.com or give us a call and we'll give you a call back on Monday morning at 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090. Carrie, Bloomberg wants you to text them back. Have you heard about this? Stay tuned. Tune in next week for more Financial Food for Thought. For more information about the show, for estate planning or upcoming seminars, call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090. Thanks for listening. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.